This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial on in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Uh, we're going to get right into your phone calls here, but Mark, where where have you been? Well, I was out saving. Can you the talk free- right into the mic, please. Sorry about Thanks. that. I was, I was uh, out saving the free world. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, so, I, it's top secret mission or something. Pretty like close. That? I had to go. To, I had to go to uh, Defiance, Ohio, to meet with uh, Jason Osborne to uh, work on the Free State Project completion campaign. Oh, very cool. I know that you guys have been uh, have been busily setting that up. Uh, the, the The concept is that you're going to be essentially working the phones, calling people up to uh, to see if they want to jump on board with the Free State Project. Yep, we've uh, located a place to get a list of uh, reasonably, I, 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 what I assume are reasonably good, liberty-loving names, telephone numbers together, and um, you know, just putting together the logistics of, he's, he's, there's got to be a computer program created so that people can be at home, interface with the uh, the telephony computer thingy that, that uh, Jason has, and, and be able to enter information and i don't know there's a lot of stuff that needs to be done great we'll tell you more about the free state project coming up here in a bit let's go first to your phone calls about whatever's on your mind starting out with brian in new hampshire on the amp lines hello brian hey guys uh, can you hear me okay i'm yes. at murphy's tap room here we got a lot of background noise sounds fine go right ahead okay never gets too loud i can do in the back but um, i just wanted to fill you guys in uh I haven't talked much uh, as a as a caller about a, a, a venture that I'm uh, involved in, Manchester Brewing. Uh, we do advertise on your show, and a lot of your listeners have uh, have uh, tasted and are familiar with our tasty brews. Yes, I, I heartily endorse the product. It's good beer. <laughs> uh, yes, it's uh, uh, beer is great for a recession, as they say. But um, uh, we are. Uh, about to embark on a new, um, uh, an expansion, and oh. I, uh, I thought I might uh, let you guys know first. We just had a uh, board of directors meeting here a few minutes ago, and uh, are uh, starting to, uh, we're going to be uh, uh, announcing what we're doing, so I figure you guys might want to know first. Uh, Lay it on us. International distribution? Uh, not quite yet, no, but okay. uh, uh, national distribution. Oh, really? Um, yes. Yeah, uh, at least that's the plan. We're, we're going to accelerate that. Um, I started uh, Manchester Brewing along with Kevin, uh, the uh, the brewmeister, about oh, about a year and a half ago when I first moved to New Hampshire. It was my first business venture here. And um, uh, immediately we found where, where the problems were. You know, we had <laughs> everything from uh, every local... Uh, uh, Puba, uh, you know, uh, building inspector, uh, you know, restaurant inspector, licensor, licensee, all kinds of people. Uh, all the, every time we turn around, we had to get another uh, permission from somebody to do our business, Ugh. even though we've done a bunch of due diligence beforehand and asked these people, you know, what do we need to get to get business around here? And it, you know, it, it, they, they just came out of the woodwork. So we finally managed to brew our first batch and get it out. And I think we had our first, um, uh, the open house in November. So from June, when we first funded the place, when I funded the place, till November, that's how long it took us to get a pretty small brewing operation running. Now, how much of that was waiting? Because it was my understanding you guys had a long time that you had to wait just to get permission from the federal gang. What, what was all that about? It was the federal gang and the state gang. 
uh, every one of our labels um, has to be approved by some poobah in Washington, Washington, D.C. Mm. Uh, it has to adhere to all kinds of strange uh uh, rules that they don't—they won't tell you. You know, it's like uh, we'll, we'll tell you as soon as you give it to us. We'll tell you if it's okay or not. But you can't go. There's no list of rules. It's like the FCC. You know, everything's very arbitrary. So like, now, instance, now, Brian, is that yeah. only if you're going to be selling the beer across state lines? Is do you have to deal with the feds, or they just impose their way on you any old way? Well, that's uh, that gets back to the interstate commerce clause in the Constitution that they've violated. They've used that to justify all kinds of things. No, I mean, if, if we were to sell beer, uh, make beer in New Hampshire and sell it in New Hampshire, we still have to have federal approval because the word beer is a federal word now. What? <laughs> you know, so, so that, that, yeah, that is, the, the Fed is just in there they, for really no justification. But you know, wow. they have the guns, and so you bow down and say, you know, is this label okay? Brian, uh. if if they give you the information on what it is that uh, needs to be included on the label, then the terror Terrorists will have that information, and they'll use it against us. So they can't just hand out the information, you know. That's okay, crazy. The terrorists will win if we don't bow down to our government. So, well, yeah, one of the biggest problems that, uh, that we've had with Manchester Brewing, and there haven't been many problems, uh, but one of the issues has been... Well, our listeners in Georgia have not been able to order it. I mean, we've been on the air with a wonderful uh, live reads that you guys uh, really put great. together for us. And, and it's there's a thread on our BBS uh, where the listeners are talking about how they think that the Manchester Brewing ads are by far the best ads on the show at yes. this time. Uh, so you've got a lot of ears out there that are hearing that message. They're hearing ManchesterBrewing.com. And they're hearing us rave about the the beers, but yet most of them, unless they're in Vermont or uh, or Maine or uh, New Hampshire, can't get their hands on it. So you're you're saying this is going to change, Massachusetts. or Massachusetts? Yes, yeah. So so what's happening is uh, uh, Kevin is a uh, an excellent brewmeister. He's got some fabulous fabulous recipes that you guys have tasted, uh, and uh, he he does a, a wonderful job of you know he's a craftsman. He makes the beer with the with the equipment that we have, which you know the equipment was uh, some used, some new, but he you know he made it all together, and made it work. But he he is the best at marketing and selling and you know managing the, the whole uh, the whole brewing process. And so what we've decided to do in order to expand, instead of expanding the the physical brewing operation, we're going to sell the brewing operation, uh, the tanks and you know the pumps and all that stuff. And then focus instead on the on the marketing, on the on the uh, the labeling and the um, you know, the recipes, and you know getting the getting the stuff out. Uh, there is an excess capacity in this country of of, of uh, brewing companies that have excellent um, facilities to make beer, and so it's called contract brewing, uh, where you go with your recipe and your guidance uh, to a place that has some extra capacity this week or this month. And uh, you can, they will brew up a batch, and they also have agreements with the distributors, and we've got our own distributor agreements as well, and be able to get out a lot more beer a lot faster, a lot wider than we can possibly do from our little facility in Concord. Brian, um, this, is, uh, this is, you know, people who are listening may not know how common this is. When I was looking for the, you know, before Manchester Brewing came along, and I was looking for the beer sponsor for the Shrine of Female Listenership, um, I, I called all across the country, and it's amazing how many of the sort of good little uh, craft beers out there are done in this manner. Yeah, well, I'm sure you've heard of Pete, uh, Pete's Wicked Ale. Yep. Uh, they're a huge uh, national brand, you know, craft brand. Uh, they don't brew a drop of beer. 
they've got several brewmeisters uh, who have offices at big contract brewers all over the country, and they make their beer to the same exact standards at every place. Uh, but then, you know, they're able to make the, the beer in Salt Lake City and distribute it around the Southwest. You know, they make the beer. That makes sense. In, that's uh, how the in, soft uh, drink industry. Around the that's how the soft drink industry works, or at least part of it, as I, I understand it. There are different bottlers around the country, and it just makes uh, for distribution that much uh, simpler. You don't have yeah, to. I mean, you, you do what you do the best. You know, I mean, the uh, one of the big problems that we've had as, you know, being freedom oriented people. Uh, you know, Kevin, he's been all over the world looking for freedom. He's been uh, uh, to all kinds of countries looking for, you know, freedom movements. He's found this one here. Um, so he and I both have a real problem with, uh, you know, doing things like filling out an alcohol tax form. I mean, those things are just really despicable, yeah. but it's something you have to do. If we go to a contract brewer, then they have those agreements. They have docile people in their offices that don't have any problem talking to government people. Nice. And, uh, you know, that problem is taken care of, and we can focus on the important stuff. Oh, that's fantastic. So basically, uh, when's this going down? I mean, when can people start to expect to see Manchester Brewing expanding across America? Well, uh, that depends. There's a lot of things to do between now and then. There is still a, a lot of beer in the pipeline. Uh, we've got, I don't know, four or five, I'm not really sure exactly how many distributors we have now, uh, who have beer in their warehouses. And, um, uh, you know, so you can still get it. Uh, right now, Massachusetts is uh, where we're selling most of our beer. We're selling more in Mass than in uh, New Hampshire and Maine and, and uh, Vermont combined. Hmm. But uh, you know, we're, we're, uh, hopefully soon we've got contracts to sign and other things to do. But I, I have more uh, more label stories if you want to hear it. Sure, yeah. Hang on. We'll bring you back for that. Label stories. Uh, rejections by the federal government. Just to give you an idea of how micromanaged these things are. Uh, we'll come back with more with Brian. It's Free Talk Live. Do you remember the old Libertarian Party back when it was centered around the non-aggression principle? The LP used to serve as an educational vehicle, turning the public on to liberty through the electoral process and bringing activists together to further their own understanding of the philosophy. It was also the main feeder organization for the larger movement. We want to bring that LP back. Join the libertarian wing of the Libertarian Party and help restore the party of principle. Visit TakeBackTheLP.info. That's TakeBackTheLP.info. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, and they include our Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send us their validated photo or video showing they are indeed listeners of Free Talk Live. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com. See them for yourself. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. And if you're interested in journalism and passionate about liberty and of college age, you can learn about print, broadcast, or investigative journalism by interning at a newspaper, media network, or state policy organization. The program includes a week-long career workshop, a stipend, and housing assistance. Receive mentoring and job search assistance during and after your internship. Placements are available during the summer and fall. You can apply for a summer placement by January 31st. So move quick. Go to libertarianinternships.com. That's libertarianinternships.com. 
Com. We've got Brian Travis with us here from Manchester Brewing, uh, one of our uh, friends and listeners here in New Hampshire. And you've announced that there's some exciting changes coming to Manchester Brewing soon. Of course, the website, manchesterbrewing.com. Uh, we've been talking about your beers for a while here. Uh, you guys are a sponsor of the program. I'm a fan. I uh, do my best to have at least one every single night. Good Lord, you're going to be turned into alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, careful. And uh, you were telling me that you guys are going to actually be expanding out beyond just being a regional brew to a nationwide, uh, nationally distributed product. And I, I think that's, uh, that's, that's pretty exciting. Now, as far as timetable is concerned, you say you've got a lot of ducks to get in a row, but do you think that maybe it'll start you'll start seeing the the beers elsewhere by the end of 2010 is that realistic oh, oh, oh of course oh yeah yeah within within a few months we should start uh we should start uh, brewing and getting stuff in the uh, in the pipeline you know these uh, organizations these breweries that have this excess capacity uh they're just sitting there you know they're ready to go we just make sure that uh we get the um uh um you know the recipes and the guidance online so that they all work and, and it's up to our standard so, so, and then essentially you so, have. So yeah, one, one, one thing that I want to mention is that uh, you know this really is a uh, an operation comprised solely of uh, free staters. I mean, uh, I came here about a year and a half ago, and, and so. Uh oh, Brian. And oh, you said you came here a year and a half ago and cut out. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, Ken, uh, Kevin and I both uh, showed up about the same time uh, in the state, and and uh, we said, yeah, let's let's uh, do this thing. You know, let's show that. Uh, uh, we can, you know, build a company and and make a difference here, and so uh, we hire almost exclusively free staters, or at least you know, liberty uh, uh, oriented people. Uh, That's great. Liberty friendly people like uh, Josh is one, not a free stater, but he's definitely uh, one of our friends. And so uh, when, when, it, when we found out that we had to go through all these regulatory things that we weren't really clear on, we figured out that we just didn't have enough money to keep going, and so we. Um, Jason Osborne from Seco CAI bought in, so he's one of our uh, partners, and Carl, another free stater, bought in. So it's really the four of us uh, kind of uh, keeping the thing going now. Uh, I just think it's absolutely so, so really fantastic. It's a, a, a free stater-owned, free operated, and um, you know, friendly uh, place. Now, uh, you're going to tell us some of the uh, the horror stories of dealing with the government and uh, their their labeling process on beer. Yeah, yeah, my my favorite one. Uh, I mean, they, 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 it, it's all the time. You have to send your label. You label artwork complete with the UPC on it and all of the, you know, pregnancy warning crap and everything else. Uh, and it has to pass their, their rules, which they don't let you know until you actually get there. Uh, like, for instance, we had one, the Concord uh, Combat Ale, which is our first, one of our first beers. Had a, it's a tank, you know, rolling over the, uh, the capital in Concord, New Hampshire. And we just took a piece of clip art, which was the state capital that had the American flag on it. Mm-hmm. Well, the the U.S. federal government says you can't have an American flag on a beer label, <laughs> and so uh, we, the, our our artist took that down and he replaced the American flag, uh, the star part, with a hammer and sickle. Oh God! So nice. I, I think that actually made it a better, better. label. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, our uh, now wait, uh, point of information, blonde. Brian. Uh, when whenever you send yeah. them a label, do you also have to send them some sort of processing fee? So every time uh, you make a mistake because you don't know what the the rules are, you have to send another fee in, or how does that work? I'm not sure. Kevin does all that. I, I okay. don't know anything about that. It gotcha. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise but me. We either. have we have our, our our imperial blonde, uh, which is a fabulous uh, blonde beer. Has a uh, a picture of a, of a girl, you know, kind of a cartoon girl, and then a, a, a speech balloon that said O M F G, 
And they said, well, you can't say that because it's, um, it's uh, you know, uh, might offend some people. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, Kevin wrote back and said, what's the problem with, oh, my fairy godmother? But uh, we had to replace that, and we, <laughs> we put the, had to put the word censored over it. So if you know what it says, you can see it behind there. But I think it made it a stronger label, too. So, you know, the, the, the government is really in the business of making our labels better for us by censoring us, you know. I guess, but that's pretty ludicrous. OMFG is one of those internet uh, sh- acronyms, I guess. Yeah. That stands for Oh my, wait, uh, wait, yeah, Oh my, Oh my fairy godmother. Effing. We're sticking with that one. Whatever. Yeah. But but the point there is that if somebody were to look at OMFG and be offended by it, they obviously know what it means. Yeah. You know, if you didn't know right. what it meant, then it wouldn't offend you. Yeah, well, who knows? It's silly. But then another one, my, my favorite one, the recent one here, was uh, uh, Kevin came up with this great brew called um, uh, St. Paula's Liquid Wisdom. Okay. And, uh, you know, he, he thought that he'd gotten to know the, the guys in Washington and what they would approve and not approve. Uh, so he, he sent this down, and they rejected it, and they stated that a beer label cannot make a health claim. <laughs> Hilarious. So these idiots think that calling something liquid wisdom is making a health claim. But but it gets better. It gets better because uh, we went to our Congress critter because, you know, that's what they're there for, right? Oh, yeah. So we went to the Congress critter and said, hey, uh, you know, can, can you intervene here? And so the Congress critter uh, sent a message, you know, to, the, to them and appealed it, and they ended up approving it, approving this label. Huh. And then the, the, the Congress critter sent us back a message saying, there you go. You know, we're, we're pleased to, in Washington here to help you, you know, work through the roadblocks of, of your government, you know, uh, your, your interactions with the government. Which reminds me of Harry Brown's great quote that said, uh, 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 he said, the, the government breaks your leg and then gives you crutches and says, see, without us you couldn't walk. Yep, see, we're so great. Gee, we're, uh, thank goodness you have us. That's absolutely the case. Okay. But you ended up changing the label on that one, right? Actually, no. We, we had we had one in reserve. Uh, we had one called overregulated ale, which was just a black and white thing that said overregulated ale with a ripped piece of paper along it. Yeah. Right. And we ended up taking that batch, uh, putting it in the overregulated ale bottles, and we you know we sold out the batch. So now we have a. a, a so it, it was basically St. Paul's Liquid Wisdom in the overregulated ale uh, uh, label, but uh, we brewed another batch of St. Paul's Liquid Wisdom, and that'll be going out soon. Cool. All right. Well, I'm glad to hear all that, Brian. And uh, there you go. Proof that government works. Ha! See? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anything else you want to share tonight? About doing, I figured that your listeners would uh, want to know, want to hear from the, uh, the horse's mouth first. All right. Fantastic. So Congratulations. And uh, good to see Manchester Brewing is continuing on and expanding outward. And hopefully our listeners all across the country will be able to get their hands on it at some point in the near future. And I'm sure we'll hear about that and make Drink the announcement at the time. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> Manchesterbrewing.com. Great, uh, great, good stuff, man. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Toll House Refrigerated Cookie Dough. There are a million reasons to bake with Toll House. Find yours at VeryBestBaking.com. Whether it's sweet potatoes on Thanksgiving or burgers on the 4th of July, 
Kids associate certain foods with certain occasions. Family traditions are important to them, so when planning your holiday or birthday menu, keep in mind what they like most and invite the kids to cook up a new food tradition. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features we have there for free, including our Facebook profile. You can go to facebook.freetalklive.com and you can become a fan. It's free, of course. That's facebook.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project Liberty Forum. It's coming up in less than two months' time, so you want to make sure you get over there to uh, freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. Get all the details on the event. Get signed up while you can still get the early bird discount. Plus, you can use the FTL discount code, which is FTL2010. That's FTL2010 to get an extra 10% off. You're going to want to be there because if you've, ne- if you've been before, we don't have to sell this to you. You'll, you want to be back. Uh, if you haven't been, then you need to know that this is the, for me, this is the premier liberty-oriented convention that you will find in this country, maybe around the world. It's amazing. Uh, we've got great guests, people like uh, Andrew Napolitano. You might know him as the judge. From Fox uh, Fox Television, he's going to be one of the keynote speakers there. I believe the other two keynoters have yet to be announced, so there's still some uh, likely some big names coming. Well, that's because there's still and, and and because of that, there's still a discount going on over there. Right, as soon as they fill days. out the schedule, then it won't be discounted anymore. Yeah, trust us, it'll be as awesome as the last few. Yeah, it's it's always a great time. Hundreds of like-minded, liberty-oriented people all getting together in the same hotel in Nashua, New Hampshire for a weekend. It's March 18th through the 21st, and it's going to be a blast. Free Talk Live will be broadcasting live, of course. Lots of uh, late-night partying going on and all kinds of panel discussions and speeches and uh, dinners and things like that during the daytime hours. It's great. Go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum to learn more as we go to your phone calls. Jay is in Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jay. Hey, guys. I love what you guys are doing, man. Thanks. What's on your mind tonight, Jeff? Well, um, my question is about the uh, the Federal Reserve. and I've been watching... Um, well, I watched an interview just a little bit ago um, where it, it was some guy... I don't remember his name, but uh, some guy that was sent there by Volcker. And it was like a, this threat... They're threatening. I mean, I don't think a lot of people are seeing it like that, but it's clearly they're threatening to, um, you know, tighten up. When tighten what up? up? I'm sorry, I'm a little confused. You know, like cut the spigot off or tighten the money supply. And I mean, it's it's, it's like they've done before, and I'm wondering, you know, when they do or if they do decide to do that, you know, where that would leave all this, you know, because the the more... You're talking about money, deflating it's the... It's like the 100th monkey meets the Federal Reserve, you know, when... when I don't the, know. Uh, I have I no idea what the 100th monkey, <laughs> monkey is, but... Um, well, when the scales tip in, in our direction, you know, what do you... I don't, I don't see how we can avoid this crash... Okay, are we talking? You're talking about deflation. You're talking about deflating the uh, the money supply. Right. 
Yeah, I, essentially, you know, it's it's one of the it's one of the things the Federal Reserve could do. It seems uh, silly to me because it might actually be the the only thing that could uh, save the the economy. Quite honestly, um, so what they would do is because at this point they print money and then they get the value for that money that they print. And so they're essentially stealing uh, from or rewarding their friends, uh, you know, the with Americans' money, with Americans' value. And and uh, really, the question you have to ask is, why would they stop doing that? Well, that's my my question is why you know when it, when things aren't going to go politically in their favor, of course they're going to do it if, if they're going to. Um, be threatened with a... Well, wait, how are things not going to go politically in their favor? Well, um, Bernanke, got it Bernanke's down. up right now. I mean, they, they he may not get reconfirmed as the federal um, so? chairman of the Federal Reserve. Of course, they'll just switch out right. another jerk in there. So that's what my question is. I mean, how could it never... How could it not go in their favor, even if... Even if public opinion is against the uh, the administration, the Federal Reserve is still sitting pretty. And well, I'm saying when... If... if uh, you know how they've done... They did. The, they did the same thing to. Uh, they've done this twice now, where they've just ruined the economy. When they, uh, you know, the first time that we got rid of the bank, or when Madison got rid of the bank, they did this. Jackson. Um, well, Jackson. Yeah, there were there was certainly a big problem when Jackson got um, got rid of the bank. But I don't think we're even. I don't even think we're in that same zip code. We, we may not even right, be in the but same, I'm saying same country. The threat is there. And, the, and, the threat's and they, there, but they don't come. They don't come right out and say it. They just go, "Oh, well, I guess you." The threat you, uh, isn't there. You market, you, you market people would just love it, wouldn't you? If, if we just, if if there was no regulations and we just let every, you know, let the economy and let the banks fail. And, I mean, I, I don't I, think I, the I threat's there. Threat. I, I don't think that the threat is there. I mean, the 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 audit, the Fed bill is is the threat. Um, it's made it through the House of Representatives, but it's it's dead in the water in the Senate at this point, and I don't think it's going to go anywhere. Uh, I mean that's the, that's the threat. I, I don't see why that would keep them from uh, enjoying the, the their money money printing spree. I think that I think that you're worrying too, way too soon. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I uh, you know it just I, I hear it a lot because I you know with uh, with Falker and then um, there was a couple times when they were questioning um, oh the new guy um, Bernanke Bernanke. Yeah. You know, and I just—it's—it it's, just seems disgusting. Well, they are disgusting. I, I agree with you there, Jay. Thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Maybe I'm uh, just being dense here, Mark. But if they deflate the currency, doesn't that mean that there's a chance prices could go down as a result of that? Well, um, it would. It would, you know, it's a, it's a possibility, but I would say that, you know, likely what you're looking at is if they just sort of leave it alone, um, you know, what are they going to do, get rid of money? I suppose they could. Well, isn't that what happens when loans get uh, cashed in, is the money leaves the, the money supply? In fact, we were talking uh, in the past about how we thought that things were being inflated, but the folks over at LouRockwell.com pointed out that because all these loans are being called back in and, and being defaulted on, that there's actually deflation going on. So they're still printing money at the same time as loans are coming uh, being called in to where 
the wash had uh, apparently at one point was deflation and that uh, that money was leaving the uh, the money supply. Yeah, well, deflation inflation means that the money's worth less, so you need to put more numbers on your price tag in order to get the same amount of value. So deflation means that money's worth more, and you would put smaller numbers on your price tag in order to get the same value. So yes, that would be that that could be a result. It doesn't seem like it'd be a terrible thing if that were to happen. I. But I'm not an econ- economist, so I don't know what all the ramifications are. They, well, they say um, that it's a kind of a, a good thing to have a small amount of inflation going on, and that may very well be the case. Except who are they? The Keynesians? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Um, well, who cares what they I, I say? See, well, I see. There's a certain amount of value to it. It keeps the economy growing, sort of, a, you know, at a, a slightly artificially fast rate, and and that's there's there's some value to that. Um, but it is a lie, and it's stealing. And so, therefore, whatever value there is to it is – it's like say, the thief saying, look, you know, the insurance company's paying this stuff off, and what's the big deal if I take it? It's not right, mm-hmm. and so it's not okay. Um, I, you know, I, I, I understand both sides of this, the Keynesian and the Austrian um, you know, side of this coin, and it, it – What's clearly uh, what's the the best idea is is to back money up with something of value, and then which they won't be doing right. They're never going to do that. I mean, right. you know, it's, <laughs> if I mean, just as he said when Jackson tried to uh, to, to get rid of the second national bank, they they tried to kill him, and so. You know, do I think it's going to go away? It doesn't seem like it. It seems like they're more likely to destroy the the Federal Reserve themselves than we are to uh, to somehow make it stop. The toll free number here is eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. You can bring up absolutely anything here. It seems to me that uh, the best thing you can do, rather than worrying about what they might do, is just make sure that your finances are taken care of. You know, make sure that uh, you've got some gold and silver. Make sure that you're paying. I, I think paying off debts is an important thing because, especially if deflation happens, right? I mean, you pointed out, Mark, that if it's inflation, then the money that you're paying the debts off is worth less. But if deflation happens, that could put somebody who's in debt really behind the ball, right? Indeed. So focusing on paying off your debts might be a good idea, especially if you expect deflation to come about. But focus on taking care of yourself and don't worry about what they're going to do. Who knows what they'll do? This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. Live, you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number. Dial in at 800-259-9231. It's 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site free, so enjoy those on us. Features including our wiki. You can go and edit virtually anything there. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. WIKIWiki.freetalklive.com. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, you can let the experts at HostGator.com host you. If you use code FTL, that's FTL as in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com, you'll receive your first month completely free. HostGator.com, code FTL. All right, 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. Otherwise, a little bit of news about the body scanners. A lot of people are freaked out about these things, and I, from what I've heard, they're, they they may not be the, the safest 
of devices. Some people are worried that it uh, like unstrings your DNA or something like that. I honestly have not done uh, much research into it myself. Nobody I just don't, wants their DNA unstrung. I just don't like, whether that's true or not, I just don't like the idea of <laughs> the state ever intruding further into my privacy. I don't care if they see my penis. That doesn't bother me. Uh, what bothers me is just the general concept of an ever uh, in, intruding state and a growing and also state. The, the, you know the 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 one-sidedness of it. Um, if you were to walk through with your camera phone running on these people and just you know sort of narrating what it is that's going on, they would have an, a fit. I mean, they would they, they would shut down the airport as if uh, you know the world's coming to an end. Well, at the very least, they'd harass you like they did our friend Sam recently. You, you can see his video at obscuredtruth.com. You can't take pictures of them, but they can take all kinds of pictures of you. Right, as if. They do like as as if this organization of people is is somehow uh, good, right, just, pure, and and courageous. Be, you know, they, they're they're the lowest paid government, uh, federal government employees for a reason. They're converted mall cops. I mean, they, they five years ago these you know what is it eight years ago or whatever it was George Bush decided to take this crew of random cops and call them law enforcement officers for the federal government. I'm sorry they haven't their their cultural conversation hasn't sort of ramped up to really meet the demands that uh, they you know, have. I don't appreciate you uh, maligning mall cops like that. <laughs> You're I mean, right. Those are those are hardworking men and women that are providing a real service to this country uh, providing a service to the the malls of America and keeping those bratty kids from stealing too much crap from the stores. I apologize to all the mall, mall cops out there. Um, I mean, it's a job that they actually have to, uh, at some level, perform and, uh, sure. and compete because they're in the marketplace. They're subject to uh, certain rules and uh, the rules of competition that the the bureaucrats at the TSA just simply are not. Indeed. Okay. So here's the news out of the U.K. where just things are a little worse. Things are just generally a little bit more statist, a little bit more police state uh, over in the U.K. And indeed, here's uh, here's some more proof of that from The Guardian. Airline passengers will have no right to refuse to go through a full body search scanner when the devices are introduced at Heathrow Airport next week, according to government bureaucrats. The option of having a full-body pat-down search instead, which is offered to passengers at the U.S. airports, will not be available despite warnings from the government's Equality and Human Rights Commission that the scanners, which reveal naked bodies, breach privacy rules under the Human Rights Act. The transport minister told uh, MPs a random selection of passengers would go through the new scanners at U.K. airports. The machine's introduction would be followed later this year by extra trace scanners, which can detect liquid explosives. So you get a full body scan, then you get a trace scan. Uh, Draft code of the practice covering privacy and health issues is being discussed. So they go on to say that they had firmly ruled out the introduction of religious or ethnic profiling in transport security. Instead, he said airport security staff were being trained in behavioral profiling, which meant spotting passengers who had paid cash, were traveling with only a book for luggage on a long-haul flight, or were behaving erratically at the airport. He said the decision to raise the terror threat level to severe, meaning an attack was highly likely but not imminent, had been taken by security service officials at the Joint Terrorism Analyst Center. So are you scared yet? They've, uh, they've raised their security level over in the U.K. They're forcing everybody to go through the body scanners. Well, not everybody. Excuse me. They're only doing trials. They will be pointing at you, perhaps, randomly, if you're over in the U.K., and you'll be selected. And if you, once selected 
say that you don't want to go through the body scanner, you don't get to make your flight. It's not going to be a choice. And that's not happening in the U.S., not yet. And it's not happening to all of the passengers in the U.K., not yet. But they're in the uh, the trial phase here. How do you think that's going to do uh, for reducing more uh, reducing the air travel numbers a little further? I th- it's it's going to drive them down. I mean, that's uh, just over and over. That's what's happening is they're driving down down the uh, domestic and international flight numbers. And I I don't know how the airlines are going to handle it, and I don't know why the airlines are putting up with it. The airport's owner is preparing to install a scanner in each of its five terminals. The trials will use two different technologies that see through passengers' clothing. One trial will involve backscatter technology, which exposes travelers to low-level x-rays. This is already in use at Manchester Airport. Security staff at uh, Manchester in the UK recently replicated the underwear bomb on uh, that uh, Umar Farouk Abdul-Matab took on Northwest, uh, Northwest Airlines Flight 253. The machine singled out elements of the fake weapon. Under the new security regime due next month, a suspect passenger would then be led away for a secondary examination that would include using chemical swabs to test for explosives. Pat-down searches of passengers and hand luggage inspections will also increase. The second type of machine uses millimeter wave system which bounces radio waves off the human body to form a 3d image of the passenger both types of technology have raised privacy concerns owing to the graphic nature of the passenger images with civil liberties campaigning calling the process a virtual strip searching you know i i wonder how they can do this because um you know the the article's already come out i believe it was at the guardian that uh, these machines in great britain violate their laws on child pornography um, I think they probably violate the laws in the United States of child pornography too. Taking, so I've heard, uh, you know, taking pictures of young children as they go through these. Well, they claim that they uh, the scans cannot be saved, printed, or transmitted. But there's been another news story that has uh, essentially rebutted those claims. That yeah. The government is claiming this that oh no, we won't be saving. We can't even save these things. Oh and, yeah, there's a computer out there that can't save an image that it makes. Yeah, I mean, it's this, is, this is it. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting computer we're talking about here. So and, and plus, in the age of camera phones, with these uh, with uh, TSA agents that think it's funny to uh, you know have little fake bags of cocaine that they scare young women with, yep, I yep. wonder if uh, if some of the TSA agents might uh, you know take a, a camera picture of uh, you know the more interesting naked bodies that they uh, they get to view through here. Absolutely, and uh, just think of what'll happen to uh, Sam pointed out in his video at obscuretruth.com that clearly this is going to attract the kind of pervy type uh tsa agents like you know they could have pictures of 10 year old kids if they wanted to because eventually everybody's going to be walking through these body scanners and you can't just not scan the kids because they might have a bomb strapped to them sure, you know, mommy the ones- and daddy might have strapped a bomb to them knowing they wouldn't get scanned so they're going to scan the kids and uh, who knows what kind of you know weirdos will be saving off those pictures well, i think that you're much more uh you know much more likely to have just regular people um, regular guys and gals wanting to save pictures of good-looking guys and gals yeah. that go, that walk through. Um, I mean, I don't know that they'll be the greatest pictures in the world, but they're pretty. They're going to be pretty accurate. So, like I said, it doesn't really. I don't care. You can look at my butt cheeks if you want to. Uh, Nobody wants to look at yours. Well, right. You're not. You're not in the the group that I'm talking but about. But even if I were in that group, I wouldn't <laughs> care. 
What I do care about is the idea, just the concept that governments are going this to this extreme, that they are willing to take it all the way down to the level of your skin sure. to invade your privacy. If you would have said this uh, a dozen years ago, well, even laughed the at government, it. yeah, the government's going to come up with these machines that's going to allow them to see you completely naked body up underneath your clothes, X-ray machines, uh, you know, X-ray vision machines. People would have laughed at you. So what's the icing on this uh, this particular cake? Well. It turns out that old Michael Chertoff, now I'm not much of a name dropper on this program, but I think it's worth mentioning just as an interesting point as to how just incestuous and good old boy network this government situation is, the federal government. Michael Chertoff, he's the former attorney general of the United States, the secretary of the U.S., uh, excuse me, former associate attorney general, the secretary of the Department of Homeland Security for four years This guy that was the head of the Department of Homeland Security is in charge of the Chertoff Group. Now, what's the Chertoff Group doing? Well, they're lobbying for, or they're essentially the head cheerleader for the full-body scanner lobby. So, basically, Chertoff is getting paid to go around and pimp out these body scanners to his old buddies in the U.S. federal government. I mean, it's just... This is how it works. Yeah, it's amazing. And if you really want to get spooked, just go to chertoffgroup.com and look at the uh, the logo for the for his company. It's just spooky looking. It looks like a big. Uh, how do you describe that thing, Mark? It looks like a, a trident. It's a, a port, port, portcullis. It's it, a, a gate for a. Uh, and it's you know, an evil looking gate. gate. It's a horrific looking, scary gate, and port-cullis. just frightening. Hour two's coming. up. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet! And get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free. Bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. I'm going to start things out here this hour with a follow-up story. Uh, more chronicling the death of a dinosaur, the death of, well, in general, the death of newspapers. They are having a tough, tough time out there, and subscription rates are down dramatically. I mean, significantly. 
especially when you compare it to decades ago. Yep. Uh, and subscription rates mean, uh, you know, not not just uh, a decrease in revenue from you know the subscription, but it means a decrease in revenue from the advertising. advertising. People right. aren't paying to get the newspaper in their hands, and well, you know. <laughs> their uh, advertisers aren't paying to, uh, to to contact somebody who's not there. Right, and so that's leading to cutbacks and staffing uh, reductions, which is leading to smaller newspapers, which is leading to fewer people wanting to, you know, spend. Around here, it's what sixty cents, or did they raise the price again? I mean, they already raised it to sixty cents or something like that during the the day during uh, during the weekday editions, and it's sixty cents for not much of a paper. There's just not much to it, and well, it's mostly Associated Press articles and not much local. It's, it's pretty clear the journalism's dying in America, right? I mean, nobody's no. getting nobody's getting good news anymore. Journalism isn't dying; no, it's alive no, it's and well right. on the I internet. Mean, right. That's the that's the thing is Americans. Uh, you know the the lamenting the death of uh, of newspapers is uh, you know much to do about nothing. It's a medium for transferring the journalism from the journalist to the consumer, and you know so it's not printed on wood pulp any, anymore. Big deal. Sure. And you know I I have no objection to the newspaper format. I think that. Uh, it's kind of nice to be able to hold something yep. up while you're having your breakfast or something like that. But if you maybe eat breakfast I'm just, that way. <laughs> right. Maybe I'm just a little old school. I, I don't know. I, I doubt I like that, a newspaper, too. I, I doubt that there are very many 18-year-olds that have that same uh, I don't think they're willing to spend the money on it. I think that that's yeah. – um, if if they had a format um, – I, I, don't, I don't spend the money on it either, so it's right. obviously not that likable, you know. Right. If you know, It's only a few cents a day to have it delivered to your house, maybe a dime or – or, or two, I don't know precisely, but it's not that much to get one delivered every day to your house. Um, so, but people, you know, they just don't want to spend the money on it. It's, it's economically, it's a tight world. Being a young person, it's tight uh, monetarily. If newspapers want young people to consume their product, they're going to have to get it into their hands um, in a different fashion. Whether it's free and delivered to their door, some weeklies do that. And they the weeklies doing are doing fine. better. The free weeklies are doing better than the daily papers. I don't know if they're doing fine. I think their revenue is down a little bit, but no, nowhere near as much. Well, the revenue is going to be down because um, every if you if you look at historically every decade there are more than twice as many venues for people to advertise on. It just keeps going up and up yeah. and up. So supply is going up in the ad world, and uh, you know demand going up, but not as not as quickly. Right. With uh, of course with internet advertising, you can. Uh, target your ads better to the audience, more specifically the the demographics that you want to hit. Whereas with uh, you know a weekly, you've got more of a general demographic. With a newspaper, it's, you've got a more it's general, but it's uh, geographically specific, and that's important. That's true. That's true. I mean, that, and they're not out of business yet. You know, and some of the papers deserve credit for uh, for some innovation. Yeah. Uh, I, at least around here, the the local newspaper actually takes comments from its website and prints those in its newspaper. So it's kind of cross-platforming uh, the the web over into the newsprint, which I think when I saw that I thought, hey, that's a that's a pretty smart move. You know, have a little web section of your paper that essentially re uh, reprints some of the things that are that are uh, that are online. But nonetheless, the uh, the difficulties continue piling up for uh, for papers around the country. Some of them we've seen just drop off the map and close their doors completely. Others have been sold out at pennies on the dollar. The there was actually one here in New Hampshire that went out of business, and I heard that the state apparently bought them. Did you hear about that, Mark? Yes. <laughs> so it's, cra- it's crazy. That's really crazy. 
Then you've got the federal government talking about doing some kind of restructuring and allowing newspapers to be nonprofits and basically making it so uh, that it's it's easier for newspapers to exist. Uh, and of course, I support getting rid of regulations and and making business easier for everybody. So that's that's okay. But it, they've also been skirting the issue of actually handing out taxpayer dollars to newspapers, which is basically what happened here in New Hampshire with the the Claremont Times being purchased by the, the state. Whatever. I, I, no, I don't know either. It was something. The Eagle, Claremont, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so that has actually occurred. Now I don't know if the state is. I don't think the state is running the operation. And they wouldn't be running it either if they uh, – likely they wouldn't be running it if, if the federal government, for instance, started bailing out major daily papers around the country. But boy, if you thought the newspapers were already in line with the state and already very uh, governmental, pro-government, then just wait until the government's funding their, uh, their budgets. That's a scary thought. And as things get more desperate for the papers, they'll be more likely to take options like that. For papers like Newsday, they're having a real tough time because some uh, newspapers have decided that, well, in these tough times, we need to squeeze as many pennies out of our customers as we possibly can because we aren't getting them from our advertisers. So let's lock down our Internet websites and make it virtually impossible for people to actually read uh, the news stories on our sites unless they pay for a subscription which is basically what Newsday has done. It's a Long Island Daily that was purchased for $650 million by uh, uh, folks named the Dolans. And these are not the radio Dolans that uh, radio listeners may be familiar with. It's a, a different uh, group of folks. Anyway, they put their website behind a paywall. And when they announced this, we were talking about it on this program. So it is a follow-up to that story. The paper was one of the first non-business newspapers to take the plunge by putting up a paywall. So, by the way, the New York Times is also considering doing this. They're moving towards this. And the New York Times has been having to uh, lease out space in their building because they're, they're desperate for cash. Could it, its fate be? Uh, excuse me. So, uh, according to it, it's put up a paywall. So, in media circles, it's been followed with interest. Could its fate be a sign of what others, including the New York Times, might expect? Three months later, how many people have signed up to pay five dollars a week or two hundred and sixty dollars per year to get unfettered access to Newsday.com? The answer: thirty-five people. Eww. As in fewer than three dozen. Oh, my God. As in a decent-sized elementary school class. That astoundingly low figure was revealed in a newsroom-wide meeting last week by publisher Terry Jimenez when a reporter asked how many people had signed up for the site. Jimenez didn't know the number off the top of his head, so he asked a deputy sitting near him. The answer was 35. Michael Ammon, a social services reporter, asked for clarification. Uh, and in, indeed, it was uh, correct. The website redesign and relaunch cost the Dolans $4 million, according to Jimenez. With those 35 people, they've grossed about 9000 bucks. In that time, without question, web traffic has begun to plummet, and certainly advertising will follow as well. Of course, there are a few caveats. Anyone who has a newspaper subscription is allowed free access. And anyone who has Optimum Cable, which is owned by the Dolans and Cablevision, also gets it free. Newsday representatives claim that 75% of Long Island either has a subscription to the paper or Optimum Cable. So, yeah, so that, that's, that kind of balances out that shocking number to some extent, basically saying that, well, every cable subscriber has access to the website, so those people wouldn't have to sign up. Uh, they already have been given their pass, passwords. 
35 people paid. 35 people essentially on Long Island or outside of Long Island uh, paid for, for the subscription. Gosh. Uh, we're the freebie newsletter that comes with your HBO, sniffed one Newsday re- reporter. Jimenez was in no mood to apologize. He said, that's 35 more than I would have thought it would have been, he said to the assembled staff. Given the number of households in our market that have access to the website as a result of other subscriptions, it's no surprise that a relatively modest number have chosen the pay option. Nevertheless, and this is an interesting point, traffic to the site has fallen. In December, the website had 1.5 million unique visits, which is down from 2.2 million just two months earlier in October. So that's pretty significant. You're talking about more than 25% of a drop-off in their web hits after they went pay site only. It's rough. Can't run a business that way. 800-259-9231. Their complaint, though, was that they couldn't sell advertising online at a price enough to uh, to make it worthwhile. But how are they going to sell any advertising online if their hits are going down? It's Free Talk Live. The highly anticipated new documentary, Reclaiming the Blade, featuring Viggo Mortensen, Carl Urban, John Rice davies and Star Wars legend Bob Anderson is now available at SwordMovie.com. The number one movie on iTunes is now available on a two-disc set that includes hours of swordplay instructional videos, behind-the-scenes footage, exclusive interviews, and a documentary on the making of a real sword. Visit SwordMovie.com today for your chance to win one of many real historical replica swords, as well as the wonderful Force FX lightsabers from Hasbro. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We've got our updates list. You can go to updates.freetalklive.com, and you'll you'll be kept in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. You'll know it first if you're on the list at updates.freetalklive.com. Again, updates.freetalklive.com. He's the enemy of the state. He's the agent of the sovereign individual. He's Tad Galahad, freedom engineer. The anarcho-capitalist adventure series is complete. Read it for free at peaceprosper.com and help the author, Ben Woods, Construct Catalyxia, peaceprosper.com. Toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. We continue the story of Newsday. It's one of the many newspapers around the country, daily papers, that is just having a tough time. And they're making decisions that are making it apparently worse for themselves. A few months ago, we reported to you that they were deciding to uh, be one of the, the leaders in the industry into running into the world of pay websites, wherein very few uh, stories will be available for free on their website. And, and most we didn't of them, predict uh, it, it going particularly well on this show. No, no, we didn't, uh, because it's just, it goes against the nature of the Internet. The Internet and the information on it wants to be free. <laughs> I mean, that's why piracy is, uh, or so-called file sharing, I think it's a better term for it, is so popular. Because people are not interested, a lot of people are not interested in jumping through hoops to get their hands on the information that they're looking for. Yep. They just want what they want, and if they like what they want, they're usually willing to pay for it. But if you don't give them what they want up front, 
then they're not going to know whether or not they really like it enough whether uh, in order to pay for it. Right. It's you know it's it's kind of like Free Talk Live. I think it's uh, about 10% of our podcast listeners have decided that, and, and generally that's what it's been all along, mm-hmm. 10% of our podcast listeners have decided they like the show enough to pay for the premium services, whether it's they want the perks that come with it or they just want to support Free Talk Live. I, I, you know, it's I'll, both. Yeah, many of Depends. them. Many of them enjoy the uh, the the ad free po- uh, amplifier podcast, the amplifier call in line, the amplifier uh, section of the BBS, and a couple of other perks that are out there. Um, and you know, some of them just do it out of uh, sheer guilt. Those are perks, right? I mean, the the ad free podcast, for instance, uh, is something that you get to sweeten the deal, but it doesn't prevent you just going to freetalklive.com. You're not prevented from accessing any of the normal stuff. You can get all the way back to 2009's worth of uh, full over a year's worth of archives is all completely downloadable for anybody that wants them. You just mosey on into our website, click around, and take all you know, take it all if you want. It's not a problem at all. That's our business model, and it's it's worked for us. Uh, and obviously, we don't have the overhead that these newspapers do. I mean, and I think are, that's the real trick. Is what you're trying to do is you're trying to take an old business model and yeah. turn it into a new one. And some Tough. of the some of the blacksmith shops managed to convert into machine shops, mm-hmm. but the vast majority of them did not. They just, they just couldn't get it. Went right? away. Yeah. And I think that's what's going on. I mean, they're used to newspapers are used to having these giant buildings full of reporters right. and delivery people and all the other stuff they do and uh, they're used to being very important you know uh, the first thing that people look to in the morning when they uh, when they want to find out what's going on in the world and nobody nobody in my universe the 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 people i associate with i never see them with a newspaper uh, i don't hear them talking about the local newspaper except when there's something that they've written about us in the paper <laughs> and, I, and when i say us i mean the activists uh, up here Really, it's not. It's it's like a non-entity. They're out there. They're still doing business, and they're not. You know, well, that's because there are people over the age of forty-five, and yeah. they're still reading newspapers. Right. But unfortunately, what's got to get harder year after year? Right. Their reader base is is dying. Um. You know, whether it's whether it's smoking or uh, you know, red meat or, or fatty foods or whatever, it's taking them out one day at a time. There's a little more to the story here over at. Uh, by the way, the source here, Observer, New York Observer, reporting on uh, one of their competitors, Newsday. Which is saying they have uh, received 35 signups in three months. The three months since they went pay subscriptions uh, for a pay to turned into a paywall site. Almost a dozen a month. Uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe it was all right up front. I don't know how often they uh, they got those. But that you also have to factor in that they apparently are giving free subscriptions to their website out to anybody who has an actual newspaper subscription. Which of course those numbers are likely dwindling. Uh, plus anybody that's got a cable television subscription also gets free access to the newspaper site. But that doesn't mean just because everybody who has a cable television subscription has an account doesn't mean everybody who has cable TV is going onto their website to use their account, right? right? I mean, you had an account when you had a subscription to the local newspaper a couple of years ago to their website. I asked you what the password was one day and you didn't even know. No. You hadn't even used it. And no. you were a newspaper subscriber. Right. So, well, I prefer if I'm going to use the newspaper as a as a tool for show prep or whatever, and I was at that time for a for a local show I was doing. Um I prefer to have the actual newspaper in my hand. Yeah. 
But my, my point being there that they can tout how many uh, thousands, hundreds right. of thousands sure. of cable subscribers they have, but that doesn't tell you how many of those folks are actually visiting the website. What does tell you that are their website statistics, and uh, their st- site statistics are down significantly in just a couple months. In October, it was 2.2 million, now down to 1.5 million in December. That's a significant drop, and, and who knows, it may continue to go down. In the short time that the Dolans have owned Newsday, it's been a circus. When they were closing the deal to buy the paper in May of 2008, they had their personal spokesman scream at an editor who assigned a reporter to visit the Dolans seeking comment. There was a moment back in January of last year when Newsday editor John Mancini walked out of the newsroom because of a dispute over how the paper was handling the Knicks. In the summer, the paper refused to run ads by Verizon, one of their rivals uh, in the cable business or the phone business. Uh, Tim Knight, the paper's publisher, and John Mancini, eventually both le- uh, they both left the paper, which traditionally has been a powerful moneymaker, lost $7 million in the first three quarters of last year, according to Mr. Jimenez. In October, the website relaunched and was redesigned. One of the principles behind the redesign is uh, Mancini's replacement editor, Debbie Krennic. To say the least, the project has not been a newsroom favorite. The view of the newsroom is the website sucks, said one staffer. It's an abomination, said another. This is a website they paid $4 million to have redesigned. <laughs> and now the paper is in the middle of I a I can tell you, dispute. I know what it feels like to have somebody call your uh, new expensive website an abomination. <laughs> yeah, but I can tell you that our website doesn't seem expensive anymore no, after hearing no, they spent $4 million on theirs. Uh, no, from what I've, under, from what I've heard, uh, we got a pretty good deal on our website yeah. redesign well, it, and i think it looks great it personally. does it does look great uh that we you know th- there's always going to be people that are upset early always on. whenever change happens somebody's not going to like and it. i understand why the bbsers were um you know they 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 had gone for such a long time with basically an ad free bbs and we converted them over because well i'm sorry their their eyes are extraordinarily valuable and we need them for free talk live uh, and the people that don't want to see the ads know how to get rid of them anyway <laughs> there's programs out there that can uh, make that happen i've for heard you. that uh, so And now the paper's in the middle of a labor dispute in addition to all this, in which it wants to extract a 10% pay cut from all of the employees. Oh, God. Not surprisingly, the cut was turned down by a vote of 473 to 10 this past Sunday. Things are bleak in old Hellville, the pet nickname that reporters have established for life on Long Island. One reporter said in the meeting with Terry, half the questions weren't about labor issues, but about why isn't this feature in the paper anymore? People are mad. Uh, about losing our national correspondence, our foreign bureaus, and the prestige of working for a great newspaper. The last thing we had was a living wage being one of the few papers where you're paid well. And to have that last thing yanked from you, it made people so mad. So even their staff is unhappy working at this place. Just not looking good for the newspaper industry. It's Free Talk Live. Bring up anything. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Features including live streams, broadband version of the show, a dial-up version. We've got our webcam plus listen lines as well. It's all there for you at listen.freetalklive.com. Manchester Brewing is the maker of Naughty Nancy's Nut Brown Ale, the only beer that tells you when you would need a spanking. Manchesterbrewing.com. 
We go to your phone calls about what you want. Mike is in New Hampshire on the amp lines. Hello, Mike. Hey, guys. How you doing? Super. What's on your mind tonight? I uh, We talked about a week ago about mail to jail, and I request I asked everyone who was concerned about liberties to send Big Mike a letter in jail amongst all the other liberty activists. Yeah, Big, uh, Big Mike, who has been arrested and is now being held in jail for an indeterminate period of time, at least through uh, the trial they've scheduled for him out a couple months out, uh, for allegedly assaulting a police officer, and it was captured on video. Uh, he basically brushed the officer as he walked by him, which he was essentially forced to do because there were two officers standing right near one another, and he look, had to walk through them if he wanted to get away from the scene, which is what he was to doing. me like the officer stuck his arm out as he walked by. Yeah, it was a big setup, yeah. and it was pretty outrageous, but... Uh, you are Mike Barsky, and you're the man who's behind Mail to Jail, mail-to-jail.com. I love the site. Uh, what's going on? Well, I wanted to thank everyone who did write him letters. Um, we got maybe 20 to 30 letters and postcards that we sent to him so he wouldn't feel alone and abandoned in jail. Yes. Uh, however, I just today started getting them bounced back, and oh, I no. don't know why. It might be the post office for some bizarre reason. I can't imagine why. It's not labeled on the letter. It just says return to sender, and so it might be the jail refusing to give it to them, even though they they told me they would. So I thought it might be handy for everyone who does care and who did write to call the jail and ask about Big Mike and ask why the letters are not being delivered. Yeah, I, where else did I hear that? I, I think I saw somebody post elsewhere, and I'm, I'm not recalling where it was at this moment, that they also had received a, uh, a returned uh, something oh, that good. they had sent. Well, it's probably because he's uh, registered as John Doe, and um, you know. But we got the number. We got the the prisoner we, number we, that. Yeah, when I first talked to the jail, they told me to mail it to John Doe without the number because they wouldn't give it to me at the time, and they would deliver it. I knew it was a lie. Nonetheless, somebody, in fact, you Ian, got the number, his jail identification number, and we put that on the letter. So they, following all of their rules, they should be delivering it. Of course, their rules are meaningless, and they'll do what they want. That's I'm right. just thinking if they get a lot of calls saying, why aren't you delivering the mail, maybe they'll start delivering it so they stop getting harassed. That's uh, certainly a possibility. I it's, think that It's the general M.O. Um, in dealing with them. Uh, essentially, their answer to everything is, no, absolutely not. And then yeah. they, get a bunch yeah. of, they get hassled a bunch, and then they, they relent. You, you can uh, get the phone number for the jail over at jailedactivist.info. Look on uh, Mike Tyner's The Featured. He's the guy we're talking about. He's the featured activist right now on the front page of the website. Just click on his picture, and it'll come up with details on the jail, including the phone number there uh, for the Department of Corrections. And I'd like to point out why this is a, why this is a misuse of the jail system. Jails are intended to be. Originally, this was the idea, is, is to keep people who uh, would either A, run away from justice and remember court uh you know court took a couple of days for people to get their 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 court case uh you know run through now it takes months and months if not years um it was to keep them if they were going to run away or if they were dangerous to society at that time and in this case mike is neither they're just using it as punishment for a guy who um you know they they felt like harassing and in my opinion uh they they absolutely set him up but you know right and because right. And mike if- go ahead if if um it it does go to court to trial and they show this video that there's absolutely no harassment and if the judge actually you know does what he should and 
and disseminate justice and say you're not guilty of, her, of insulting an officer, are they going to give him his two months of life back? No. Well, nope. they obviously can't, and they won't give him any money either. I mean, this is this no. is how they operate. They have yeah. no responsibility for what they do. You can't have a government where the, uh, the, the, that is effective in any way if people aren't responsible for their actions. So we've got these right. cops out there. They're not responsible. He can do whatever he wants. He was, you know, he's a little sawed-off guy with an attitude, with a big old attitude. Oh, I've, I've never heard of these guys before um you know short man big attitude and he wants to give mike some trouble what's it cost him to put mike away nothing what's it cost him if it's a travesty nothing it's ridiculous it is i want to thank you for letting me uh, get the word out again that we need to help out big mike so so right now basically i mean how are you going to handle this mike you you're starting to you sent out 20 30 letters and postcards they're all coming back now that costs uh the site money right because you can't use those stamps again uh, you're right. It costs money, but that's really not an issue. I mean, I, people are donating, and that's fantastic. It's a great help. Okay. And we'll we'll keep sending. And I actually don't know yet if all of them are coming back or if just a few for some bizarre reason. I just found out this evening, and I have to start researching it tomorrow. But usually, what happens is when letters start bouncing, and in the past it's happened because they were sent after the prisoner was released. Mm-hmm. It takes a few days for them all to bounce back. So if I got like ten today, I'm probably going to get more tomorrow and the next day. Right. Mail-to-jail.com is where people can go. You can write a letter, and you can use uh, the donate option to send some money in to help pay the, to help take care of these fees for the, the there's stamps. Actually, there's actually one other feature, too, called Mail from Jail. And as soon as we can let Mike know the mailing address, if we can get a letter through... Jailed activists can write to me, and I will transcribe them and post them on a blog. Yes, thank you for pointing that out. Uh, in fact, uh, you're welcome to use freekeen.com if you hear from Mike, uh, as you've got right. an account over there, as you know. And, uh, of course, it's usually the Keeniacs that are in jail, so that's why we put their blog <laughs> posts up there. But uh, there's no freemanch.com yet. I know that there somebody was talking about that, but it's, it hasn't come to fruition. So uh, since you don't really probably have any other good options, uh, you're probably going to get the most eyes on a blog post if you put it up at uh, at Free Keen. And, and that reminds me, Mike, of something I wanted to point out. When when the activists went to the jail over the weekend, uh, were you there were you there for that? I was not at the jail at that time. I was okay. there. There were the so many before. people there, I, I wasn't sure. There was like 40-plus people there at the, right. at the jail. It was amazing. Uh, and all the people in there were asking what how they could uh, find out what the visiting hours for Mike and the yeah. the prison bureaucrats said that they can't tell anybody what the visiting hours are of course this is completely different policy from uh, what happens here in Cheshire County New Hampshire which is the same state but apparently they've got a uh, completely different arbitrary rules that uh, that they right. follow so you can find out what any prisoner uh, prisoners visiting hours are here in Cheshire County whereas over in uh, in Hillsborough County where you uh, where this uh, where Mike is being held they're claiming that the prisoner has to tell you what the visiting hours are, and they're claiming it's because of, of course pr- they, they're privacy. bouncing all they're bouncing all his letters too. It, that's my point here is that we can't get a letter through to him. He doesn't have any ability to ha- get an address to send letters out to. Uh, right, so well, so essentially, he's completely incommunicado. There's right. no way he yeah. could tell us what the visiting hours are if uh, if he knew what they are. He, he can't get a uh, get word out to us. They're just and, using and the same situation applies. What happens to these bureaucrats? at the, the jail who are doing all this nothing not a damn thing they had a little bit of uh, a hard time on saturday night when they had 40 people in their lobby giving them a, a, a tough time but that's about the extent of it yeah 
And this is one of the reasons why it's this kind of behavior is one of the reasons why I think tactics like candlelight vigils can actually make a difference. Actually bringing this stuff home, having a candlelight vigil out in front of the bureaucrats' homes that are involved in these atrocities. Yeah, I agree. Any other thoughts for us tonight, Mike? I don't. Thank you again. Thank you, sir. Appreciate what you're doing out there, and thanks for the call tonight. Mail-2-jail.com. The funniest part about the whole thing with the uh, the 40 activists out there on Saturday was the, uh, the Man- Manchester the, – the cops were called in, and there were 10 police Yeah, like cars, the entire police squad. And, and two paddy wagons showed up, and so you could have committed any crime in Manchester, New Hampshire that you wanted to at that point, and you would have been fine because the cops are all busy um, you know, hassling protesters who haven't hurt anyone and, yeah, just, they brought and everybody. just want somebody's uh, you know, address so they can write them and be able to s- visit them in jail, but they won't give that right. even though they're supposed to do it. Um, you know, whatever. Uh, but the funniest part was they brought two paddy wagons to the jail. <laughs> I mean, they brought two paddy wagons to the jail. This just goes to show what kind of incompetent bureaucrats you're dealing with. That's not incompetence, Mark. That's uh, they're trying to be intimidating. That's and, what that it's, is. But it's 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 a silly way of intimidating. It's like a, ooh, ooh, they've got paddy wagons. Ooh, shouldn't you be scared? That's what that was for. And who knows? Maybe they'd have to truck you back to the uh, the police department to fill out paperwork before they trucked you to the jail. You know, for all you know, right? 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. This whole liberty thing isn't going to be easy to achieve, but darn, we certainly have uh, the right people here, and more are coming. It's an exciting movement, the Free State Project. There's more coming up. It's free time. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. If you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier. For as little as 3 bucks a month, we'll take that money in and reinvest it into the program, getting on more radio stations around the country. And bringing more internet listeners on board with the show. Just got a new agreement from a station today, as a matter of fact. Oh, boy. I won't be announcing which one it is, although users of the BBS uh, might be able to figure out. Because I did actually mention it there. Uh, But that's making it, uh, your amp dollars make it easier for us to get on more radio stations and get the ideas of freedom out there to more people. So uh, become an amplifier and get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines. Mike Barsky was just on the line with us there. He was on an amp line. Uh, you can also get the uh, the amp-only uh, podcast, the amp-only forum. It's all there for you at amp.freetalklive.com. And we, at, at some point here, will be hooking up a new amp system, which has been in the works for a long time. And finally, I think it's going to come to fruition here, thanks to our uh, wonderful technical uh, operations folks behind the scenes, which hopefully will finally make it so Free Talk Live amplifiers can go in and kind of administer their own accounts. Uh, we had a rudimentary version of this before, but now it's going to be much easier to use, much more uh, self-explanatory, and you can go in and you can change, uh, you know, you got a new credit card, you can go in and update the new credit card information and it's all done securely and all of that stuff so we'll have a little user control panel and it'll be a a nice new experience so that's coming soon so we may actually have to shut down the amp page for i don't know a few hours so if you have trouble signing up for amp this week bear with us Uh, but amp.freetalklive.com as we continue here here's another updated story for you we started out with the update uh, this hour on what was going on with the newspapers 
This is real bad news. From Los Angeles, the L.A. City Council on Tuesday has tentatively approved an ordinance to close most of the city's medical marijuana dispensaries, winding down months of debate on how to limit the rapid spread of such clinics. We can't be having these sick people getting help from all these thousands of clinics that are popping up. I've heard that there are more marijuana clinics than there are banks, though. I mean, you know, that it, one does wonder why there are so many clinics, doesn't it? High demand. High demand. Uh, the market's responding to demand. And you heard this is basically the city council saying, oh, <laughs> we can't be having this. We need to control these things. We need more government regulations on these uh, these businesses. In fact, the ordinance, if passed next week by a simple majority of the 15-member council, would cap the number of dispensaries at 70 and require them to be at least 1,000 feet from sensitive uses like schools, parks, and other public gathering spots. A local law would put an end to the proliferation of pot dispensaries. As many as a thousand have cropped up over the past few years. Now, that's a thousand in Los Angeles alone. The ordinance would also likely force remaining clinics that comply to move to industrial areas because of the distance requirement. Four dispensaries. Were, so, so, so much for convenience. You know, so much for the convenience of having a thousand dispensaries from which to choose in a variety of different uh, convenient locations on, uh, you know, main drags and such, regular shopping streets and things like that. Just to so, uh, you know, multiple sclerosis patients in wheelchairs can just wheel right in from off the street. No, now they're going to shove them back into some industrial uh, warehouse district, which in many cases are probably not the friendliest of uh, zones in Los Angeles. Probably true. Uh, and but and seventy now uh, ch- taking them down from a thousand plus to seventy. Councilman Ed Reyes said after Tuesday's meeting that I think it's the beginning point. We have to get control of this issue and shape a policy to make medical marijuana more accessible to those who need it. <laughs> what? What kind of a world are you living in? Your policy is going to make medical marijuana more accessible by shutting down over 90% of the locations and forcing the remaining 70 into uh, industrial zones? What what kind of uh, mental gymnastics do you have to be engaging in to make a statement like that? So just politicians, you know, they're lying when their lips are moving in. Four dispensaries were opened in 2005 when a local medical marijuana law was discussed by city officials who acknowledged the ordinance won't solve all the problems. <laughs> While other California cities have been able to regulate medical marijuana, L.A. city officials have discussed an ordinance for years trying to adopt language that jibes with state law. The number of clinics exploded this year, more than 600 in the past 10 months alone, despite a 2007 city moratorium prohibiting new medical marijuana dispensaries. The shop owners it took just a, popped up anyway, huh? More, well, more. the shop owners took advantage of a loophole known as a hardship exemption that allowed them to open while awaiting city approval. Mm. However, more than 180 clinics qualified to remain open because they came before the ban was enacted. About 137 of these dispensaries still exist and will be allowed to remain open if they meet other requirements in the new ordinance. Medical marijuana advocates argue the council's inability to provide clear regulations has led to the growth of pot shops in Los Angeles. Residents have also grown frustrated with the bottleneck as they've seen dispensaries creep closer to their homes. Kristen Yoder, who runs California Alternative Caregivers in Venice, said the dispensary boom has hurt her clinic business. Her rent has gone from 2500 per month to 7600 and her patients have gone elsewhere. 
hey, sweetie, that's just, you know, the way things, the cookie crumbles. We're, we're helping people get access to medical marijuana. Sorry. In the uh, in the in the free marketplace, which is before this ordinance was passed, is essentially what the uh, the medical facilities are operating in. I mean, it's it's somewhat free. I mean, obviously, you can't just go and open any old marijuana distribution facility and sell to anyone. You're still regulated by uh, the existence of the state law, pro, uh, essentially pertaining to medical marijuana. But there was no. Uh, prior to next week or whenever they're going to vote on this. Yeah, next week is when they're voting on this. So uh, prior to next week, there hadn't been any sort of uh, governmental pro uh, prohibit- uh, prohibitions or restrictions on actually opening a medical marijuana facility. And uh, as a result of that, it means that there's uh, competition out there. Well, there had been prohibitions. You just, uh, you know, you were claiming hardship and you opened anyway while you were waiting on them to say no. Yoder said, other dispensaries advertise, solicit people on the streets, and it looks bad on us because there haven't been any regulations. Even if the ordinance is signed help. by the mayor, dispensary owners are unsure they'll be able to operate without being arrested. They have said they sell marijuana to their customers as a way to cover their expenses. The ordinance states that no collective shall operate for profit. However, cash and in-kind contributions, as well as reasonable compensation, would be accepted. Some law enforcement officials believe any cash trading hands is illegal under state law. Los Angeles County District Attorney Steve Cooley said his office will target pot clinics that profit and sell to people who don't qualify for medical marijuana. He said he believes state law authorizes the possession, use, and cultivation of marijuana for medicinal purposes, but not the sale of the drug. City Attorney Carmen Tuever uh, said that it's funny you can cultivate this stuff, <laughs> but uh, you know people there there have been 800 of these things open in the city of uh, Los Angeles. You can throw some seeds in your backyard, you'll get uh, marijuana plants. But uh, people it just are goes buying. to show people are rather they'd rather pay somebody else to do it for them. It'll, it'll it'll probably be better too. I mean, if you if you just throw the seeds out there, you aren't going to get the greatest plant in the world. But if they're good seeds, you'll probably get a pretty good plant. Under the ordinance, dispensaries would have to close until they comply with the new local law. City officials would seek an injunction against those who don't. The ordinance won't take effect until city officials determine the registration fees. Oh, you've got to get the fees in there, too, uh, that the collectives would have to pay. So uh, things are moving closer to a significant crackdown on medical marijuana freedom in California. And it's just it's just so sad to see this this story because California was uh, in many ways, California is an awful place, but uh, in in some ways, it's it's on the leading edge. And of the in the world of medical marijuana, the cannabis legalization movement is very active out there, and they've had a lot of success. And it's just so sad to see that uh, the the system is being used to once again, as it has in in it has in Alaska, where they had it legal for a while, and then the prohibitionists managed to get back into power and to uh, to reprohibit uh, some level of uh, recreational use of marijuana. In California, medical marijuana was uh, essentially open market for a while there, and now the government's coming in. It's going to crack down, and and patients are going to suffer because of this. And I just think it's it's sad. It's another example of how if you really want any significant increase in freedom, you can't find it, in my opinion, through using the government system. They passed this ordinance back in, in 1996. It took years for Proposition 215 in California to actually get to the point where people could open the clubs. It took a decade, basically, (laughs) for things to really start rolling ahead with the way they were intended to work initially back in 1996. 
And then all of a sudden, once it started to work, then it exploded. You saw the the amounts of the dispensaries just rising dramatically uh, over time, as the story points out, up to a, a thousand of them now in Los Angeles alone. And now here comes the uh, the hammer. Here comes the uh, the iron fist of the state to put a stop to all this free freedom expansion of uh, medical marijuana facilities. No, they can't, probably can't tax it enough. Can't be having all that now. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. Hour 3 is coming up. How long can you hold your breath? <sighs> Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on our site absolutely free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. All right, we continue here. Uh, take your calls about anything if you make them. Otherwise, we've got all kinds of interesting stuff to talk about here, including a story out of Southwest Riverside News Network, SWRNN.com, where a parent complaint that a dictionary in her son's classroom at Oak Meadows Elementary contained the term and definition for oral sex prompting school officials in the Menifee Union School District to pull all copies of the book from its fourth and fifth grade classrooms last week. I, I can't believe this is still going on. Still? I mean, it, well, I mean, obviously, when I was a kid, uh, you know, going to the dictionary and looking up these terms was was a big deal. But now, in the age of the, uh, the Internet, <laughs> <laughs> somebody cares whether kids are looking up in the dictionary these terms. The words oral sex. Yeah. Right. Well, I can't even remember what it was that we used to look up. But we, you know, we'd look up the, the more technical terms for these uh, these areas on the, the naughty bits and mm-hmm. things like that and read them. And uh, it was very exciting. You get several boys yeah. all gathered around in the, the library reading these things and you know the odd girl now and then too so not quite as exciting as sneaking a playboy into the school or something like that i that never happened at uh, the christian school i went to really new no. so they did however uh, one time uh, some kid brought baking soda and called it cocaine that, you, that caused a heck of a stir you know if you think about it though mark i mean you don't just if you've got a dictionary there's a lot of pages and a lot of words in that there dictionary you have to know the terms oral sex to yes. look for the terms Indeed. oral sex you know, it reminds me, actually, and, and there's more to the story, including some comments from some parents. I want to get to that. But it reminds me of when I was in uh, school, and I guess things have changed a bit since uh, since then. It's been a, more than a decade since I've been in school now. But 
they had a and, and the school I went to was uh, this gifted school for most of my middle school and high school years. But the, this this school actually had elementary. It essentially went from, I think, fourth, third or fourth grade on up through uh, 12th grade. Mm-hmm. And so everybody used the same library. I mean, the, all the kids were together in the same library, whether they were high school or elementary school. And there was actually a slang dictionary in this in this library. Mm-hmm. Now you want to talk about a filthy filthy dictionary. <laughs> this was the greatest book I'd ever found in any library ever. <laughs> and I miss it actually. It's just a wonderful little uh, I mean you can essentially find sure you can bu- uh, find Urban it, dictionary find it probably does the the trick on online. Uh, and in fact you can even find uh, dictionary.com lists slang terms in in there but you just the slang dictionary that's all it was it was a large size dictionary just full of all kinds of slang terms from the absolutely obscure like stuff that they you would find uh only used in the uk for instance right. uh Cubbers. Just, yeah <laughs> uh right and uh, that was just it was just wonderful and that was in the school library when i went to school so now <laughs> they're taking Merriam-Webster's Collegiate Dictionary 10th edition out of the 4th and 5th grade classrooms. Very and, reactionary. Yeah. They were taken from a recommended reading list and put into... You've got to wonder how many kids uh, you know, are going to be... Uh, but what kind of detriment is this going to have uh, for kids? I mean, <laughs> how many kids are going to want to look up a word and not be able to get education in the educational facility in their town because some mama saw that the dictionary had defined what oral sex was? And pretty clearly, um, her kid must have – it, it seems likely, right? Look, mom, we'll see what the dictionary has in it. I wonder how he found out about it. You know, what they're likely going to do, Mark, is put in a kid's dictionary. Because this is essentially a college-level dictionary, and they explain that the reason they're doing that is – or the reason the dictionary was there was because it was put there a few years ago to accommodate higher-level readers, said the spokesperson for the district. She said the reason behind buying the college-level dictionaries, we have students who are reading at much higher levels. However, Cadmus said that when the parent who was volunteering in her son's classroom when she – oh, she came across the word. Oh, yeah, so she's looking up dirty words in the dictionary. Yeah. Nice. nice. Wow, I thought it was the kids that had found uh, the the term anyway. So it's mom who found the term and freaked out. Anyway, she was volunteering in the classroom. She complained to the school's principal about the explicit language. Curriculum officials, what a busybody. Yep, curriculum officials within the district made a decision to temporarily remove the books. Next, according to school board's policy, a committee consisting of site and district representatives will be formed to de- determine the extent to which the challenge material supports the curriculum, the educational appropriateness of the material, and its suitability for the age level of the student. The policy goes on to state that within 30 days of being convey, uh, convened, the review committee—excuse uh, me—the review committee shall summarize its findings, and the superintendent or designee shall notify the complainant within 15 days of receiving the committee's written report. So there's all this bureaucracy that uh, yeah. surrounds us. But of course, decision. the dictionary is pulled in that time. That's right. As for whether the dictionary will be replaced with one that some may deem more age appropriate for fourth and fifth graders. Because some words you just can't know in fifth grade. Yeah, right? well, you know, the, the dictionary is uh, it, it's a dangerous book because knowledge is power. And yeah. these people don't want them to have that. Apparently not. As though your kids will never hear the terms oral sex by the time they reach 15 or 13 or whatever it is that kids are first hearing uh, terms like that these days. 
You want to dumb down the kids, said one parent. This is a father of three children who attends the school. You don't create lifelong learners by sticking them in a box and telling them what books they can read. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's, hey, he's absolutely right on that. Well, you shouldn't send your kids to uh, government schools if you don't want to <laughs> stick your kids in a box. Well, you, when you pay for it, I understand yeah, why I understand. I understand why parents do it. I do. But, and I understand why he's out there arguing that uh, you don't create lifelong learners by telling them what they can learn and what they can't learn because that's exactly what they want to learn now. These kids want to know why, what all the hubbub's about. It's not the worst word in the dictionary. Kids are going to be exposed to things, and it's the parents' job to explain it to them, not the teacher's or the school district's job. It's not such a bad thing for a kid to have the wherewithal to go and look up a word he may have even heard on the playground. To me, it's brilliant, he said. You have to draw the line somewhere. What are they going to do next? Pull encyclopedias because they list parts of the human anatomy like the penis and vagina, said Rogers. I, it wouldn't surprise me. What else are they going to do? I mean, you know, what, what? what's the obvious next step? Short step. Roger said it's not uncommon for his nine-year-old son to come home and ask him what a word means, and he said he regularly has his son look up terms in the dictionary. He says he's reading at a level two, level two or three times above where he should be. I really don't want this to affect my kids' learning abilities by dumbing down the books that they can access at school. But the bureaucrat said that parents took the right steps in reporting the word to the site's principal. We have a zero, poli- zero tolerance policy when it comes to dirty words in the dictionary. Who in turn contacted the district's curriculum director? There's a certain order of steps a parent can take due to the sensitive nature. The concern was given to temporarily pull the books from each class, said the bureaucrat. We are grateful that the parent who saw something sexually graphic brought it to our attention. I don't think the terms oral sex could be considered graphic in any way, shape, or form. You know, um, it's very uh, clinical. Let, let me tell you where this this ends. In uh, seventh grade at my Christian school, it might have been eighth grade, um, we had this, apparently the author was uh, a local person, and we read this book, I think it was called The Cat in the Mirror. And um, it, it in the book, they decided to go, there were some, some bad words in, in the book, as far as they were concerned. Sex with so, animals? No, no, nothing like that. Okay. Just, just some, ex, um, you know, just some exclamations. Gotcha. Um, and they went through and they, they gave us a copy of each of us a copy of the book, and they went through with a, uh, a permanent marker and marked out the bad words. And I decided, hmm, I've got a library card. I don't need to read this crap. So I went and uh, got, um, I went and got another <laughs> copy. And it turned out that they had one too few copies, and because somebody had been sick or something like that, and I said. Uh, you know, during class, I said, I have a copy. Um, I have an extra copy. I went to the Ooh. library and got it and, um, you know, just volunteered. So this person would have a copy and I gave it to them. And, mm-hmm. and the, the teacher was pleased. But then she held me after class and she's like, why did you do that? And I said, well, because I wanted to know what it said. And um, did you know that? And, and I said to her, did you know that one of the words that you guys crossed out was asinine? Oh, jeez. And she's like, it doesn't matter which words that we crossed out. And I, I, I beg to differ. You know, I, I don't remember where this conversation went. Right. Like at seventh at, at seventh grade age, I wasn't uh, I wasn't that great of a debater for an adult. Um, but essentially, I read the book without, uh, you know, the censorship and I, you know, I didn't die or anything like that. So it was it's just funny. This is this is what it ends in. It ends in asinine cut, blocking out the word asinine. You know, Mark, if you hadn't read like that, if you had just been a good little boy and read the censored version of that book, you never would have ended up in a jail cell for nine years. That's right. Now we know what happened. Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Your comments on this or whatever's on your mind, this is Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. 
HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those, including our chat room. You can go to chat.freetalklive.com and get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners. It's open any old time. The best time is during the live show, chat.freetalklive.com. 21-year-old girl standing out at a public bus stop at 11.30 a.m. in the morning is grabbed, pulled into the bushes, and raped. A large dog viciously attacks a 19-year-old jogger. In a split second, she incapacitates the attacker. The difference? The Tiger Light, non-lethal defense system, the world's leading non-lethal protection device. You can find, you can get it at tiger.freetalklive.com, and it's a special rate for our listeners. Tiger.freetalklive.com. All right, so we continue here with a story that you just you thought the government schools couldn't get more absurd. Some government schools in one school district just banned the collegiate dictionary from fourth and fifth grade classrooms. And they're making it very clear that look, we haven't banned all the dictionaries. It's from a collegiate school. dictionary. It's only for college students. Right. Uh, you know, our kids were really smart. Some of the kids were really smart. We brought these dictionaries in here uh, to help them with their reading comprehension. And uh, and then some busybody mom came in and discovered that the the terms oral sex were in the dictionary. And so she com- uh, submitted a complaint. Actually, there's a follow up article that says that uh, upon further investigation, the terms oral sex were not in the dictionary in question. But they did find some objectionable terms in the dictionary. It's the freaking dictionary. <laughs> and uh, so they banned the dictionary. Uh, you know, they're still reviewing the the question while the dictionary has been temporarily removed from the classrooms. It's how just did, crazy. How is, it, how is it that this woman found the um, oral sex? Didn't you know? Claimed to have found the, the word the term oral sex in the dictionary, but she didn't. I mean, was it a different dictionary? It is bizarre. I don't understand it at all. Let's go to Donald listening in Nebraska. Donald, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, good evening, guys. Hey, I'm told you're listening on FM and Lincoln? Yeah, well, there's kind of a, a, a pirate station out here. I was just flipping around one day, and I was listening, and I heard Alex Jones, and wow, this is great. So well, that, now, that is, not only, that is fantastic. I'm going to I'm gonna make a note of that uh, frequency and add it to our uh, list of pirate slash community stations. Community stations. stations. Yes. Yeah, Aggressive part 15s. 95.9. It's probably got about a mile or two radius. Not too shabby. All right, so what's on your mind tonight, Donald? Well, it's not surprising. Is this the same mother that complained about children playing tag at a school? I, I couldn't tell you <laughs> I which, which mom did what, but, uh, you know, it's amazing what they do complain about. It, it is. Uh, was she looking up oral sex because she wasn't getting any, or... It's hard to say. Just a busy body. Uh, who knows what was going through her mind at the time. But this is what is the, the result has been. Because one it person is. is offended, everybody suffers. Yeah, it's true. It's, uh, it, you know, I see it as a level of control. She doesn't want to have her authority questioned by her child, who probably knows more words than she does. It could very well be. So, you know, who, who knows what, uh, 
what possesses the uh, you know people like this. I have no idea. I mean, I I, I can't claim to know what it is that uh, these these people are thinking, but I can say that oh my God, if that was my kid and you're pulling the collegiate dictionary out of the school, I'd be having a fit. Uh, I tell you, my kids, I, I have no restrictions on their speech at all. I tell them to be respectful of people uh, when they're outside of the house, but I mean. The foul words fly around our place sometimes. So that's reality. That's just what happens. That's what, and and it happens on the playground. It just to me, these parents that that just bury their head in the sand and want to believe that their children are just the most perfect little angels. They would never say any naughty words or look them up in the dictionary or anything like that. I mean, it's just what what kind of a fantasy world do you have to live in to believe that about your children? Uh, absolutely. It's like people who believe in the American dream, and it's called the American dream because you have to be asleep to believe it. <laughs> I don't even know what the American dream is. Uh, I mean, does is it the whole white picket fence thing? Uh, I, I, to, I don't know. What, what is the American dream? It's who knows anymore. I don't know. I don't. I know what my dreams are, and I'm uh, I'm seeking them out, and I'm making them happen. I thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. Uh, what is that? whatever the American dream is, some sort of weird collective-sounding uh, dream. Well, the way we're handling uh, sort of uh, cussing at, at my house, um, Jack's on two at this point. So mm-hmm. he's he's at that dangerous age where he could start hearing words and, uh, you know, repeating them. And uh, essentially, we're just not using them anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the policy on the show is we don't use the terms. Uh, the policy at the house is we don't use the terms. So I try to cut down on the use of the terms. Um, I, you know, I, I haven't been completely successful. I'm not you know, claiming to be better than anyone else or anything like that. That's just how we're handling it at our place. Yeah, I do not want Jack to use those terms in front of his mother, and I do think that that would be disrespectful to her. She wouldn't like that. So, um, you know, I'm I'm not going to handle it the way the caller did there, but, you know, I think everybody should handle it on their own. I'm, I'm also not going to take away a dictionary because it might have a term like that. I'm going to explain to him what that means when he's old enough to ask that question. Not when I think he's old enough to ask the question, but when he thinks he's old enough to ask the question. And and we get back to the issue of what happens when the government, when you've got this concept of uh, public property that everybody has a right to, right? Because uh, government schools are we're forced to pay for them through through tax dollars, property taxes, in uh, in most cases. Yep. And, uh, and this so, this woman here wants to create some kind of Puritan evangelical Christian school out of her public school. And somebody else, some other parent might want to create a very liberal, secular kind of school out of the public school. And so you have a clash. You have a uh, one set of parents that wants one thing, and I'm I'm really generalizing here. I and mean, there's probably 20 sets of parents that want 20 different things. But you've got different sets of parents that want different things from the government school system, and they clash and they fight and they argue. And that's uh, what government does: is oh, it sets right. groups of people against each other in order for them to grab hold of the the gun, the 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 the, the powerful scepter that is the government, right. and then smack it over the head of the other group. Well, that's, yeah, that's, you get that's the force. whole idea. Of it. You get to force essentially the other group to pay for your brand of uh, of indoctrination. Just look at the Democrats and the Republicans back and forth, grabbing the scepter of power, smacking each other in the head with it, and it's disgusting. So the only solution to this problem, of course, is to get the government out of education. Then busybodies like this lady that found uh, you know sex in the dictionary and freaked out about it. Uh, busybodies like her can go and have their puritanical Christian school that uh, prohibits any kind of uh, 
I don't know, outside of the box learning as far as their particular belief system. And similarly, you can have a uh, you know secular school that doesn't uh, have any religious component to it at all or whatever. You can have whatever uh, kind of education you want if you just let the marketplace handle it. Because if there's a demand, there will likely be somebody who's in search of a profit out there to supply uh, the people who are making those demands. Sure. Instead of having a small group of activists take control of some political uh, arm and mold it in the way that they think is best for society, which is what we have today. The claim is that everybody else should be as active as these activists, as if they don't have lives. And the only thing that they need to be doing is trying to keep the government apparatus, people's, um, you know, the government apparatus out of other people's hands so that they can live free. No, that's not fair. That's not right. That's not just. As soon as the stealing stops. As soon as we can get to the point where enough people just stop paying taxes for these government schools, it's all over then. Because as soon as each individual gets to allocate their own resources in the way they think is appropriate on a voluntary, consensual basis, then the government doesn't have the ability to wield power anymore over over us. And, Couldn't afford to. And force their, uh, their indoctrination camps on our kids. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever's on your mind. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number. Just dial on in, toll-free at 800-259-9231. It's 1-800-259-9231, and tonight it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, and those features include archives going back all the way to the beginning of 2009, right in our podcast now. You don't have to download the torrents anymore, though the torrents are still up on the site uh, I'm not sure how much longer we're going to keep them around, because right now we are giving you over a year's worth of the show in the podcast. You just click and download uh, what you want. I guess the torrents are nice because you can get them all, all the, an entire month with one click, but at the same time, the torrents are so slow in comparison to the other ones, so... Anyway, we're, we're figuring all that out, but we are working busily to expand the amount of archives you can receive for free, of course, at freetalklive.com. So we're going back to the beginning of 2009 right now in the podcast. Listen for more announcements coming, hopefully, within the next uh, few weeks. The 12-year process of public education has a dramatic effect on the mind of a child. When we enter school, many of our best personality attributes are already in place. We are curious, innovative, unique, creative, and hopeful in many ways that many of us are rarely able to replicate throughout the rest of our lives. Over time, school sucks those natural gifts out of too many people and replaces them with predictability, obedience, and apathy. Oh, and it's funded by theft. School Sucks Podcast is a show about the end of public education. Visit schoolsucksproject.com to learn more. Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. We go to your phone calls and the fun. Gene, the Christian anarchist in Tennessee, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Gene. Hello, I was going to mention my pirate radio here. I've got a All right. a little five water that I finally got the antenna tuned on it, and uh, um, I get about two miles range on this guy. 
Yeah, that's great. But How high up is your antenna? It's just in my second-story window. Nice. But I've got a new one on order that I just ordered from eBay. It's a 20-watt FM. Ooh. comes with the coax and the antenna. It was, I think, right around $249. What brand is it? Is it the Chinese HLLY brand? Yes, I believe that is exactly okay. what it is. And uh, so I'm waiting for that one to be shipped over from Hong Kong. Right. And when I get that one up, I expect to have about a five-mile range. Well, that's fantastic. Better. What, do you, I, what are you I airing on your, uh, your pirate radio station? I'm doing uh, GCN's uh, stream number two. Oh, okay, great. So, oh, so Free Talk Alex. Live, whenever it's on live, uh, is on your radio station. Yeah, no, I've, I've, I've got Alex on there. I've had a, little, a few disagreements with Alex over the years, but I've had a couple disagreements with you, too. But, uh, well, you know, you can't. You know. It's tough. <laughs> as, as the guy that's programming the, uh, the Liberty Radio Network, which is uh, essentially an online stream uh, that, that runs 24 hours a day, it's, it's a loop of some of what I think are the better uh, liberty-oriented podcasts out there. It, you, know, you can't be too choosy because if you try to be too restrictive on your uh, your principles as far as applying them toward the other radio shows, not you, to mention just personality differences. I mean, you know, when you when you're talking about liberty loving individuals, they tend to be rugged individualists, which can uh, can can translate into a holes sometimes. Well, right. there, there's and, one guy in particular I was thinking of, uh, Tim Doctor, who is a I think an, an entertaining personality mm-hmm. uh, who bills himself as a libertarian. There was one show that he did, uh, and he only does little quick clips, like three or four minute long clips. Uh, there was one that he did that was very pandering to the troops, and I just I listened to that and I thought, oh God, I don't know how much I, if I want to keep this guy on. But on the other hand, I like the guy, and I generally find his stuff uh, to be amusing when I when I listen to it, when I monitor the station and I hear it come up. And it was guys like Neil Bortz, uh, who is you know fits that mold pretty well. What you're talking about the sort of libertarian on domestic policies, but uh, yeah, pretty like- neocon on uh, the rest of the stuff. Uh, you know, he he was the he was the guy that brought uh, you know us along to some extent in the liberty movement. I was influenced by Bortz yeah, to some same extent. Here. Sure. Well, like I've said in the past, everybody's on their own individual path to liberty, and uh, people are at different uh, levels along those paths. And uh, uh, some of the things I, I kind of actually like a lot of what Alex does because it's so darn scary that maybe it'll get some people thinking. You know what I mean? It uh, might scare them into actually trying to make a change in, the, in did you, their existence. Did you see the uh, YouTube with the um, the Joker thing where he was, uh, you know, pretending the that he was... posters all over the place? No, he was, he was like, imitating the Joker himself. He had done... Oh, I did see that. Yeah. yeah. It was hilarious. It was. It was. was um, I saw it with Ian, and I found it to be very motivating. However, I showed it to my wife, and she's like, she's like she wasn't motivated at all. She found it. She's like, this guy's a wackaloon. I would never listen to it. Like, I want, <laughs> I want to stop listening now. So I think that it, it's different messages for different people um, you know work so you know and, and you may find that the same person will reach you with a one message one day and yeah. just turn you off the next day yep yep it's the story of, like uh, story of my there. life <laughs> thanks gene anything else you want to share tonight <laughs> no today is a needle ian night i think i'm okay. gonna keep riding you i no, like that night ian actually I, I love your show you got you know that i, I think you got the best liberty show on the air well, you uh, wouldn't we, still be here if you didn't like the show, right, Gene? <laughs> that's right, and I wouldn't be an ampl- amplifier, and I wouldn't be uh, 
uh, on your boards, uh, putting up with the uh, with the trolls. All right, that's that's enough back padding. I appreciate the call and thank you so much for uh, for making it tonight. And and good luck with your station. Let us know how that twenty watts works out for you. I think uh, I what, what you might find is that uh, the the coverage doesn't increase dramatically when you uh, d- double or triple the wattage. I, yeah, it's just. I hope you get the five miles and let us know what happens. Thanks for the call. Okay. 800-259-9231. I am a radio geek. I it's not admit the power it. of your transmitter. It's, it's the height of your tower. antenna. Yeah, and he's got it uh, up in the second floor inside the house. So if you were to get that out on like a 10-foot push-up pole, or I guess you probably need more than 10 feet to get up to a second story, but you know, get that up above your roof line, basically, probably would do a little bit better. Yep. Uh, so... And he he just picked that up off of eBay. You go up to eBay, and there's all kinds of FM transmitters. You can just order them directly from the manufacturer. Uh, The FCC doesn't know about that stuff. The FCC has no idea where you're ordering transmitters from. They don't track that. They, they, come on. They don't have – what do they have, two vans for the U.S.? No, no. They have to have at least three to triangulate a signal. Okay. I don't know how many they have, but they have have to have at least three. (laughs) Otherwise, you can't triangulate without – Three. I thought it was two that triangulate. No. No, you need three receivers in order to triangulate. Three points triangle. I don't think that's uh, I don't think that's correct. Okay, well you do, you check that out for me, all right? Uh hey, we just got a call a little while ago from since we're talking about pirate radio or community radio. Uh we got a call from Lincoln, Nebraska. I said I'd add it to my uh, list. I've got a list. We've got the affiliates list at affiliates.freetalklive.com. The top of the page is our licensed our 60 plus licensed the real radio stations. AM and FM uh well, when you say real, you mean like thousands of watts kind of uh hundreds or thousands of watts kind of radio stations. But uh, at the very bottom of the page, we do have a list of uh, what they call Part 15 AM and FM stations, which are technically legal uh, stations that are operating at like a tenth of a watt, basically. And then below that, there's an actual uh, section where we've where we've listed the pirate stations that we know that we've popped up on in the past. And the tricky part about pirate or community stations is that you never know when you go away. Like, we get a phone call in from somebody, like the guy that called from uh, from Lincoln a few moments ago, uh, Donald, and he says, well, he's listening on 95.9 in Lincoln, Nebraska. Okay, well, actually, we already had that on our list. I just have forgotten about it because you don't get the calls from there that often. And I guess that's a good sign, right? Because we've had 95.9 in Lincoln on our list for who knows how long. I didn't. I don't keep track of when we add the pirate stations to our list. But it was long enough to where I'd forgotten it was there, which means they've been on the air the entire time, most likely. Well, I, at least these two nights. Well, it it seems likely that they've seems been on likely. the entire time. And uh, that's good news because it shows that you can get away with operating a uh, your own FM transmitter as long as you've got a... A community that you're operating in that isn't doesn't really care because if nobody calls the FCC, then nobody's going to know. Then the FCC won't know about it. If well, the I think the first and most important step is to not be a jerk about it. Um, yeah, yeah. You, you've got to not step on other people's signals. Be far away from them. You can't be uh, what they call primary or secondary interference. It means that you need to be two clicks down the dial from anybody. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And in, in both most directions. In most places around this country, there are going to be plenty of open spots on the dial. New in York fact, City, not so much. Right. Uh, in fact, in there's a neat little website called Radio Locator, radio-locator.com. You can actually go, and they have a little tool. You can search, put in a city and a state, and it will tell you what the open frequencies are and what the best frequencies are in which you can use. Uh, there's more coming up here. You can uh, bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live.
This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. We'll do our best to get your call in if you make it right now to 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you all the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. You want to help out the show? You can go to promote.freetalklive.com. Get a whole list of things you can do. Flyers. You can put banners up on your website. So you can even design your own stuff with our graphics that we give you to, uh, to use for that stuff over at promote.freetalklive.com. Of course, another good way to, uh, to help us out is to get us on local radio stations around the country. You can go to localfaq.freetalklive.com, localfact.freetalklive.com to learn more about how to make that happen. But sometimes, try as you might. They're just dragging their feet. Those other radio stations are just dragging their feet. Some of our listeners have taken uh, have taken Free Talk Live into their own hands and purchased their own transmitters. As we were just talking to uh, to Gene, the Christian anarchist, a moment ago about his little five watt transmitter that he says gets him about two miles in any direction. And I think that's uh, that's I think it's great that people are just going ahead and saying, you know what. I'm just going to do my own radio station. We've actually even put up a resource for those of you that are interested in doing that sort of thing. You can go to pirate.freetalklive.com. It'll take you to our free radio uh, forum, which has some interesting links uh, to places you can pick up equipment. And, uh, and and those of you who are doing this sort of thing can share experiences and, and that sort of stuff. So uh, pirate.freetalklive.com. All right, we continue with uh, Ryan in Washington. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ryan. Hey guys, um, I just wanted to mention there's um, two forms of triangulation that can be done on a radio signal. One that requires at least three points and one that requires two points. Ah, so Mark was right. Mark is actually correct. Yeah, well, the, uh, we were both right. How do you do the two point one? So um, the two point one, basically what you do is you have an, uh, if you if you grab a piece of paper and you like draw an X for a transmitter and two dots, it'll help you visualize it a lot. Two dots being your receivers. You need to get that call? So Oh, I'm sorry. No, I don't. <laughs> okay. Um, the uh, uh, If you are able to determine that the direction a signal is coming from, what you do is you take your, your receiving point, your dot, and say the signal is coming from, you know, zero degrees straight ahead. You take your dot and you put it on your map where you are and you draw a line at zero degrees. And then you go to your second receiving station and say the signal is coming from uh, 270 degrees or directly to the left. Then you draw a line to the left, and where the lines intersect is the location of the transmitter. Generally, right? I mean, you wouldn't that's, be able to... Well, that's what I understood triangulation to well, be. Okay, so it depends entirely on how accurately you can measure the direction that the signal is coming He's from. He's a popular guy. Oh, no, somebody left a message. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a message now. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, the, uh, the other form that's... The uh, that, and that's, the, that's the form that's commonly used for radio direction finding. It's to, huh. it's to go to two known points and then determine the, the direction that the signal is coming from. Because it's actually easier to determine the direction that a signal is coming from than how far away it is. So the third the point other, is the transmitter. The third uh, factor in the triangle there is the, the transmitter, basically? Correct, the idea. yeah. Interesting. Thanks for sharing that. And Anything so, else you want to talk yeah, about? So, uh, well, I don't know. I could cover the other point real quick. <laughs> how does okay. triangulation work with threes? Okay. Yeah, with three. So basically with three, what you do is you use the distance. So you have a known point, and you draw a circle around the point that represents how far away the transmitter is. And then you get another point, you draw another circle, and what you'll see is that the circles will intersect at, unless they happen to be right in the center, they'll intersect at at least two points. And then the third, the, uh, the third point will only intersect with one of the intersections of the circles, and that's where your transmitter is. How'd you learn all that and, stuff? 
Uh, actually, I was curious about how GPS worked. Oh. And also, I'm a I'm a radio uh, radio geek like you are. So, oh. I've done some direction finding, uh, like amateur radio. They call it uh, bunny hunts. Yeah, that's who's going to track you down. By the way, if you if you ever um, <laughs> if you ever are out there breaking some sort of FCC rule, it's usually the amateur operators that will uh, will come after you because they're just a bunch of lackeys. Well, they have fun too. Yeah, they have fun tracking down it, yeah, people it's, breaking it's seen rules. As, it's seen as fun for them too, and they kind of they kind of will do it to enforce their own. Because uh, the FCC doesn't really care about the amateur bands, so they will kind of, you know, find the source and then lodge a complaint with the source determined to, gotcha. you know, to get people out of their bands. So anyway, thanks for sharing that, Ryan. Appreciate the info yeah. tonight at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's talk to Matt in New Jersey. Matt, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Matt in New Jersey. Going once. Yeah, you guys take your clothes off. How can we take our clothes off? How, how can you get us to? Hello? I'll just take it off piece by piece. Is there context to this call? Are you trying to persuade us to take our clothes off? It is the radio. This is awful. Thank you for the call. 800-259-9231. It sounded like he was listening on the radio, like he wasn't even listening to us on the phone or not even talking to us. I didn't even feel like I was having a conversation with him. I wouldn't have minded talking about taking our clothes off. Mark, you have taken your shirt off at one point in the past. Well, I, the, the, it was a historic the moment. Yeah, the listeners were demanding it. The listeners had been demanding it for a long time, and uh, what happened was it was at uh, one of the Porcupine Freedom Festivals uh, here in New Hampshire. The Free State Project puts on a summertime uh, camping gathering-style event, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, Whitney, one of our listeners and one of our uh, ladies of the the Shrine of Female listeners, came up and uh, made you an offer you really couldn't refuse. I, well, yeah, I couldn't refuse it because there are a bunch of Free Talk Live listeners around, and you can uh, essentially the officer offer was if I uh, if if I take my shirt off she'll take hers off and uh you know like people were much more interested in seeing that so i, I pretty much had to do it the, the, cr- the crowd would lynch me oh you're acting like it was the crowd come on what it's not like your wife is listening tonight i mean you, you know you didn't mind seeing whitney with her top off oh yeah that was nice too okay all right, toll-free number 800-259-9231 so we've we've talked about the hosts on this show getting naked or at least one of them i I don't know if anyone cares to see my... You wouldn't even really be able to see me. I mean, I'm so white and thin. I mean, if you could see me, it would likely reflect uh, the flash of the camera and... It would be bad. You used to do the show in your underpants in Florida. Yeah, that's true. Like more more times than I care to mention. We didn't have a webcam back then. <laughs> uh, I'd still do it for the uh, the right amount of money, although it's a little yeah, chilly. Nobody's going to pay you. Yeah, that's just the thing. Let's continue and go to Brian in Indiana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Brian. Hey, how you guys doing tonight? What's, What's on your mind, Brian? How you doing? Oh, not much. Um, I just heard your topic tonight and... Uh, Decided I'd like to call in because this is my first time actually listening live to you guys, but I'm actually also transmitting live your uh, broadcast with a pirate radio station I just picked up last night. Interesting. Oh, so that's this is the first time you've listened to the show, but you're trans, you're, but you're broadcasting the show. No, not the first time I listen. I, okay. I usually listen to the podcast. I listen I to the podcast pretty much six days a week since June, but. Actually, the first time I've actually transmitted it was uh, last night for about an hour and tonight for the entire show. So what did you pick up and what, what do you run? I'm, I'm using a, uh, it's kind of a cheap version. It's a HLLYTX99A uh, I got off uh, eBay. What would you pay for it? How many watts? 
Uh, it's five watts. I paid uh, one hundred and thirteen dollars actually, and it came with the antenna and everything. So it's like plug and play. I mean, you you plug that sucker in, uh, find an open frequency, and uh, you're good to go. Yeah, pretty much. Um, um, basically, what I did, uh, it comes also with a uh, plug-in. You can plug it into the speaker jack of your uh, laptop or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I've got it. Actually, <laughs> it's kind of funny. I actually got it sitting on the uh, floor of my kitchen right now. And it's uh, transmitting, and I had my uh, uh, teenager, he uh, asked a couple of his buddies around town if they could listen. They're like, yeah, I'm hearing some talk show on this radio channel. So that's <laughs> <laughs> so at least going out a half mile and uh, three-quarter of a mile, but it's really fuzzy, they said. Sure. So. Cool, man. And that's from inside your kitchen. With the, That's where the antenna is. Yeah, it's actually sitting next to me right now. No, that's that's, uh, that's it's pretty impressive. Kind of a, if, if you look on the, the website, it's kind of a funky. It's like one of those... Uh, and a rod like you have on your uh, radios, like mm-hmm. you extend the antenna out. Yeah, like a whip. Four of them, telescoping five of them. whip. Yeah. Yeah, a telescoping whip, but it's all screwed together, so it's kind of like some weird quadrupod kind of uh, antenna that kind of stands up. I don't know how to describe it other than that, really. My, my concern with those with those transmitters, uh, you know, you've got a five watt China Chinese brand transmitter. My concern is whether or not they have the uh, the right filtering in them that uh, that filters out the harmonics. So uh, with radio transmitting, if you're transmitting on like a hundred megahertz, then there's this thing, I guess this factor that you call harmonics, and I'm not a, a radio engineer or anything like that. I just know the, the bare minimum. But essentially that your transmission may show up on, a, on 200 megahertz and 400 megahertz unless you have the, uh, the appropriate filtering in the, the radios. When I was looking into it, they made the claim that, that, uh, that they did put those into their transmitters. And I don't know. PLL. Mm-hmm. So they said it was a digital PLL. Uh, That's filtering. phase phase locked loop. What was the rest of it? Yeah, they said it was digital PLL uh, stereo transmitter. Um, yeah, PLL just I'm, basically I'm, means it stays on its frequency. It doesn't shift. It doesn't uh, go, uh, you know, drift essentially to, uh, to different frequencies. Hey, thanks for the call. Appreciate you doing that, uh, that out there. It's a it's a brave thing. And well, just don't do it in the, in the towns at the times we have, uh, uh, you know, other affiliates on. Please. Yeah, that's right. Right. All right. So we're done for tonight. And respect your neighbors. Don't transmit over top of them and uh, be good. More coming up. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.